0: today's final Sunday in the story. This is uh, chapter 31. We've been working from Genesis to Revelation since last September 2016. Question, how many of you have completed the 31 chapters of the story? We kind of want to celebrate with you and say, well done. So if you did uh, that, would you stand right now? We want to say, well done. Nice job. Go ahead, stand. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Anybody else? Nice job in the balcony. I saw you there. Yeah, good. Uh, we appreciate you uh, accomplishing your goal. Next Sunday is, anybody remember? What's next Sunday? Father's Day. We're going to have some happy, happy, happy prizes for several of you fathers. So you're going to want to be here. Some of you are going to win some really nice prizes. We're going to have a gift for every father here uh, in attendance. We're going to dedicate several children to Jesus Christ. Uh, We've got uh, a fun Father's Day video featuring some of your children, Uh, and I promise I won't beat up the fathers on your special day. We'll have an encouraging message. So invite the fathers in your life, and if you are a dad, please be sure to come and celebrate your day with us next. Sunday. Three months ago, almost, I think it's to the Sunday, we had a church family prayer time. Do you recall that? Talked about James 5 and, and uh, why when we have trouble, we're called, according to James, to uh, call the leaders of the church together and ask them to pray and anoint you with oil. We're going to do that today at the conclusion of this service. So uh, be thinking about that, I don't want to spring it on you uh, right at the end, but if you've got an area of weakness or sickness or trouble or pain following our time in God's word here this morning, uh, we'll give you that opportunity to once again uh, come and have, they'll be uh, on both sides, um, near the stained glass window, we'll have the church leaders and their wives and you can ask them to pray for you and anoint you with oil. Last Sunday, Dr. Daniel Green was here from Moody Bible Institute. He talked about the city of satisfaction from Revelation chapter 21. I don't know if you know this, but you can go to the church website and you can either listen to it. I actually watched Dr. Green, and uh, I learned a lot. It was, it was wonderful. So thank you, Dr. Green, for coming and being with us. But uh, that, that is on the website. Uh, from Sunday to Sunday. Revelation 21, City of Satisfaction, is future tense. That's what's coming from the book of Revelation. Uh, this morning, today as we conclude the story, we're going to look at present tense. You understand the difference? Dr. Daniel was looking future, what's to come. Today we're going to look present tense, what goes on in the heavenlies today. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we looked at this a few years ago when we worked our way through the book of Revelation. I think it's a powerful passage. It's worth looking at again. While you're turning to Revelation 4, this past week I had the opportunity to get out and uh, golf. So if I look a, a little, little reddish, uh, that's, that's the excuse I'm given. Anyway, uh, I, I noticed that at one point I had my ball teed up and there was a fly, and I'm not sure if there was something on my golf ball, but for some reason, uh, that fly decided he wanted to land and, and take up residence on my golf ball. So I took my club, and I'm trying to shoo him away, and he, he really wasn't interested in getting away from the golf ball. So then I thought, okay, buddy, here we go. You're going to go for a ride. Uh, and I launched that fly, uh, down the fairway. <laughs> the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, and literally he gets launched from the island of Patmos into the awesome and indescribable glory of God Almighty. That's what we're about to look at. Th- this, is, this is marvelous. So he's there, and he's suffering, and he's lonely, and he's been tortured according to church history. And now he gets launched. And we get to stand and read what the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle John to write down. It's, it's a glimpse of the throne room of heaven. You guys are about ready, aren't you? It's going to be good. Yeah, if you're able, would you stand? We're going to read all 11 verses. Revelation chapter 4. Ready? Here we go. Let's read together. After this I looked... A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings, and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne And worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Let's pray. Lord, that's a powerful passage. That you had John write down and describe for us. So thank you. Thank you for launching John into the heavenlies. Thank you, Lord, that you gave him just the right words to describe what's going on in heaven right now. And I'm praying, Lord, that you'll help us to uh, understand, first of all, what's going on, and secondly, how that applies and relates to us, northern Michigan 2017. Lord, in order for anything good and lasting to happen, we need your help. So would you come now and we we welcome you into your church this morning. This is your church. And more specifically, Lord, we welcome you into our very lives. Come take charge. and Lord, uh, if we've been walking around and we've been sitting on the throne... We've been walking around and we've been driving. Lord, we, we want to change that right now. We want to slide off the throne and invite you to come. Take the place that you deserve, not just on Sunday mornings, all week long. Would you come and drive? You take charge. May the power of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word come today and speak loud and clear to each and every one of us. All the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong, unified voice, you can be seated. Jesus allows John, through the empowering, illuminating ministry of the Holy Spirit, to receive a guided tour of the control room of the universe. Think about that. It's like, come on, come on, come on, John. We're, we're going to give you this wonderful guided personal tour of the control room of the entire cosmos. If you go down to Houston, Texas, you can take a tour, if you know somebody, uh, and you can probably go right in, if you know somebody, and they'll just show you all around mission control of NASA, Right? Well, the Apostle John knows somebody. He knows Jesus. And Jesus is the one, I believe, who's giving John this tour. And he's, he's getting the, the tour of mission control of the entire universe. This is the nerve center. This is the place where Jesus Christ rules and reigns and holds all things together, Colossians 1 and verse 17. This is the place where Jesus is working all things together for our good. And as I've read this chapter over and over again, what goes on here in Revelation chapter 4 and somewhat in Revelation chapter 5, this is what's going on right now in Jesus' presence. This is the perfect, true reality of what it means to worship and adore and magnify Jesus. King Jesus. Tracking? This is what it looks like if you want to worship and adore and magnify Jesus in the way he deserves, look to Revelation 4 and 5. Hebrews 9, think with me. This is kind of a heavy thought. What we're doing here right now on earth is a copy. What we do here today and tomorrow and throughout our life, it's a copy or a lithograph of the true, genuine worship that's going on perfectly in heaven. In other words, our responsibility, while we wait for Jesus to come back and, and get us, or until he takes us home because our, our brains quit waving and our hearts quit beating, until we either die and go be with Jesus, or he returns for his church, our responsibility is to duplicate the original Does that make sense to you? In other words, what we're seeing here, we're supposed to be duplicating on earth while we wait for him to come get us, either through death or his return. So we do that individually. We do that corporately as a church body because when we see how Jesus is worshiped and adored here, Revelation 4, then we can understand, well, are we doing it right? Are we doing it the way it's being done right now? perfectly, and we need to get our lives and our thinking aligned with what's going on here if we're going to worship well. Make sense? Okay, We mimic, we follow the perfect reality that John records for us. And he writes it down. So today, we're going to camp on what does it mean to worship well? To do it the right way? To do it according to the book? Because we want to copy what's going on Perfectly in heaven here on earth. Make sense? Revelation 4, I'm going to give you three foundational things that we can learn. There's lots more, but I'm going to point out three. If Jesus is going to be the star of the show and the center of attention, what do we need to do? And the first thing is fairly straightforward. Jesus is the bullseye. Jesus Christ is the the center of attention. He's the star of the show, and our focus must always be on Jesus Christ if worship is going to take place. If our attention and our focus is anywhere else, that's not worship. Worship involves focusing, looking at, uh, wanting to make Jesus the focus of our attention and our minds and our heart's adoration. Let, let me just show you. Verse 2, Jesus is the one seated on the throne of heaven. Slide down to verse 6. Jesus is the centerpiece of all activity here in Revelation 4, and if you keep on reading, maybe homework should be Revelation 5. He, he's the center of attention in Revelation chapter 5 as well. Go to verse 7. Did you notice it mentions the lion, the ox, the man, the eagle. Those are the four descriptions given in the Gospels for Jesus. And each one has a different focus. The Gospels spell out the life, the ministry of who? Okay, you want to get another run at that? Because it's a really easy answer, right? Balcony, you can do that, right? The the Gospels spell out the life and ministry of who? Who? So I'm just telling you, when he says this is the four Gospels, and and they focus on Jesus, the focus here is all about Jesus. Go to verse 8. The four living creatures, the four seraphs, the six winged angels, continuously speak of Jesus, who was, past tense, who is, present tense, and who is to come, future tense, right? Verse 10. 24 elders... What's going on there? Uh, Well, again, most, most of the commentators that I looked at, and I agree with them, believe this is the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 disciples of Jesus, the 12 apostles. So what you have here is believers in the Old Testament looking for Jesus to come, believers in the New Testament represented by the apostles, and everybody is worshiping and focusing their attention on who? nice job you're awake well done verse 11 tells us that all things in heaven all things on earth were created by Jesus colossians 1:16 we're worshiping the creator the one who spoke everything into existence colossians 1:16 it's Jesus Uh, Slide down to Revelation 5 and verse 6, and it actually even says that, okay? It it says that He is the Lamb. I'm looking at the Lamb who was slain, and and it's all about the Lamb, and we know that the Lamb who was slain is none other than Jesus Christ. Worship occurs any time you and I focus our minds, our hearts, our attention on Jesus, and we worship Him, and we thank Him, and we praise him and we recognize who he is and what he's done and what he's doing and what's to come. That's what worship is. And that shouldn't just be happening on Sunday mornings. I, I hope that you're not just worshiping for uh, a few minutes while we're singing some songs on Sunday morning. Followers of Jesus Christ, we should be worshiping and focusing our attention on Jesus all week long. So let me share a few of my favorites. I love to think about Jesus and sing to Jesus and 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 just talk to Jesus when I'm driving. And because we usually have a ways to drive in northern Michigan, can I suggest that can be a blessing, right? So every time I'm driving. Uh, I'm trying these days keep the radio off and think and talk and sing and praise Jesus when you're opening up God's book think and praise and and look for Jesus in the word because everything in the book is pointing to who? (laughs) Old Testament pointing to the cross New Testament looking back and praising Jesus for the cross and the empty tomb um Worship Jesus as you eat. Lord, thank you for this amazing hamburger that I'm getting to enjoy. do you love that? Can I hear an amen there? Sorry about that, you vegans. You can praise Jesus while you're eating your bushes. Okay. Uh, Worship Jesus as you fall asleep. Now think about it. For a while... I, I was hung up because I kept falling asleep on Jesus. And, I, and I'm thinking, I'm really sorry I fell asleep on you again. And, and then, um, it occurred to me, if one of your kids falls asleep on your shoulder, is that something that you take offense with? Parents? Grandparents? Of course not. I, that, you kind of like that. And I think Jesus is okay if we fall asleep while we're talking with him. That's a great way to, to end your day. And then probably if you do that regularly, you're going to wake up and you're going to want to talk to him and think about him and firing up arrow prayers all day long. Now, let me just say quickly, uh, beware, you can read the Bible and not worship. You know that, right? You can sing songs and not be focused on Jesus. You could listen to Christian radio or Christian music or iTunes or Spotify. Spotify. You can even listen to the pastor and your mind is a million miles away. Ask me how I know. I was gifted at it for many years. I, I would play tennis and basketball and golf while the preacher was going at it. Okay. So just because you're around Christian things and biblical things doesn't mean you're worshiping. Let me say it again. Worship is when we, our minds, our hearts... Our focus is aimed at Jesus. That's when worship happens. So question, think about this last week. How much genuine biblical worship occurred in your life? How much of your time and your attention was focused on the lamb who was slain for you? And I guess I'd like to encourage you. Can you say, okay, Lord, I, I didn't do so great last week, but by your grace and your strength and your help, I, I want it to be better this week, right? So don't beat yourself up. Oh, no, I didn't do much. Okay, we're going to do better this next week. Second foundational fact that we must understand if we're going to mimic what's going on here in Revelation chapter 4, worshiping Jesus is not about receiving. Worshiping Jesus is about, any guesses? Giving. (laughs) Worshiping Jesus, it's it's not about what can you give me, what can you rain down on me. Worship is about giving to Jesus. Uh, We live in a consumer-oriented society. We do. I want to do it my way. Uh, When I go to a restaurant, I expect you to, to do it according to the way you didn't hold the pickles, and, and you put mayonnaise on it, and I'm upset. You didn't do it my way. I used to work at a place that had on the wall satisfaction guaranteed. And if you're not satisfied, then we're going to fix it. That was Sears. In case uh, you haven't been there and seen that on the wall in a while. We expect wherever we go, we're going to be served. I want my needs, my interests fulfilled. Um... Look at verse 8 of Revelation 4. And as we look at verse 8, each of the four living creatures had six wings covered with eyes day and night. They never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Might I suggest that they were not looking out for their interests While they were doing this day and night. They were all about giving worship and glory and honor to Jesus. They they were constant in their praise and adoration of Jesus. Slide down to verse 10. Well, what about those 24 elders? Representing the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles in the New Testament. Were they in it for themselves? Whenever the seraphs declared who Jesus was, what did they do over and over again? What does verse 10 say? (laughs) They fell down before Jesus. Okay? I I almost want to get all of you just get out of your chair right now and do this. But some of you would say, nah, that's a lot of effort. Would you just look again at verse 10? Over and over and over again. And, And I think it seems to imply they get back up And then when the seraphs are are crying out, holy, holy, once again, they're back on their knees, on their faces, again and again and again. Biblical worship, as seen here, is pleasing the audience of one. And who is the audience when we worship? Who is our focus on? Answer? It's Jesus. Lord, I'm giving you the honor, the glory, the praise you deserve. This isn't about me receiving. It's about me giving the honor, the glory, the praise that you deserve. Our obligation is to praise and adore and worship Jesus with all we got daily. Daily. And some of you, when we gather here on Sunday mornings, do that really well. But I'm suggesting here, I'm I'm glad you do that well here, but carry it home with you and carry it into the car, and carry it everywhere you go, because it's all about giving Jesus what he deserves. It's not about receiving, it's about giving. So will you uh, get alone with Jesus and get lost for a time in giving him honor and glory this next week? Some of you are going to have to think about, when can I do that? Because I'm pretty scheduled and it's pretty hectic and it's loud around my house. When are you going to do that? You're going to have to think this through to find some times where you're going to give Jesus the worship and the praise and the focus of your attention that he deserves. Third foundational fact of worship that we learn here is praising and honoring and worshiping Jesus is going to be a big part of eternity. We are going to be a part of that, what goes on here, and it's going to go on for all of eternity, which means that, that we better get with the program, don't you think, right now? Uh, Revelation chapter 6 through 19, uh, that's the Great Tribulation. We looked at that a few years ago. Chapter 20 is the Millennium, the Great White Throne Judgment. And then the last two chapters, Revelation 21, Revelation 22... What Dr. Daniel Green talked about last week, City of Satisfaction. Uh, that's what's coming, new heaven and new earth. And guess who's front and center again when you get to Revelation 21? Any guesses? It's Jesus. Once again, he takes center stage, and he's going to be the focus in the new heaven and the new earth. Here, here's my point. In a fallen, easily distracted, busy time in this world, Worship does not come easily or naturally to most of us. Worship, like, like as demonstrated here, does not come easily. It takes time. It takes concentrated effort to get to the point where you love to worship Jesus. You love to worship Jesus while you're reading his book, while you're singing, while you're driving, while you're falling asleep. And I'll say it again. It's not just something we do on Sunday mornings for 20 or 25 minutes before the sermon worship should be a part of our our lives every single day now here's what i want to say is a little strong but i think it's true if you think you know that sounds kind of boring pastor jeff <laughs> you know that that whole that whole worship and focusing on jesus and and i don't think that sounds that great to me then I would suggest to you, then you're probably just worshiping on Sunday morning. And the way that worship gets exciting is to be worshiping all week long, you and Jesus praising and talking and and focusing on Jesus. Now, track with me. And, And then, when you're doing it all week long, you can't wait to get with the family, the church family, and I can't wait to worship with you guys. Does that make sense? So when I'm doing it all, all week long, and it's just me and Jesus, I can't wait to join the rest of you, and corporately, we get to worship Jesus in song. So that's like the cherry on the cake, but that's not the cake, right? You've got to have the cake, and the cake is worshiping all week long Jesus Christ. So here's the foundational things we need to grab a hold of. Jesus is the center of attention. Jesus is the bullseye of our worship. Uh, worship is not about receiving. It's about what? It's about giving. Yeah, praise and adoration. It's an audience of one. Final, Finally, uh, it's, it's going to be a major activity in the new heaven and the new earth. Matter of fact, it seems like that's the main thing, is to worship the risen lamb on the throne throughout eternity. So if that's going to be what we're doing for all of eternity, doesn't it make sense that maybe we better get in gear now and enjoy it now and get better at it now and make it a regular part of our lives today. By your heads. shut your eyes. I'd invite uh, Pastor Andy and the band to make their way back up because they are going to lead us in worship. You're right, that, that's a very real part of worship. But whoa, that's just just the cherry on top of the cake. How many of you'd say, "You know, Jesus, uh, I've been doing some of that, but by your grace and your strength, I want to I make this, this next week more focused. I, I want to give more attention to you. Anybody say? That's me. Anybody lift up your hands. I'm not going to call you out, but I, I think Jesus is looking. Is that the, the cry of your heart? I, I want to worship you more. Yeah. Okay, while we worship King Jesus in song, I'm going to ask that the elders and the wives of the church family, would you stand right now and make your way to the sides of the auditorium? Because we've got uh, the last several minutes here together. And while we sing to King Jesus... If you have an area of sickness or weakness in your life, um, would you consider putting James chapter 5 into practice? James 5 instructs us prayer is powerful and effective, and God's plan today is His church got the the leaders of the local church and they are prepared to pray for you and anoint you with oil and James 5 says if you're doing well then sing songs of praise so you do that today if you're doing wonderful then you can just sing extra loud focus your attention on Jesus because wow Lord I'm doing pretty good thank you that's grace but some of you probably need some praying some anointing and and uh, this is your time to do just that after a couple songs after some folks have been prayed over and anointed Andy's going to conclude with uh, inviting the ushers up receiving the benevolent offering but uh, just for the next few moments let's worship the king he's worthy of our worship he really is and uh, those of you who, uh, who need to uh, Have the leaders pray and anoint you. You just make your way over to them at this time.
1: We worship you, Jesus. There's nothing worth more That could ever come close No can compare You're our living hope Your presence I've tasted and seen the sweetest of love, but my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Let us experience the glory of your goodness.